<laughs> Does anyone care to start? <laughs> no, uh, Julia. We'll call you Julia. It's not Julia. I'm sorry, Juliana. Should we call you Juliana? Drew? How do you want to be called? Miss Excel. I don't know the way it's easier for you. Well, when I lived in United in the United States, people would call me Juliana, and it would be okay because I think that it was easier for them. Juliana, they 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 managed to call you Juliana. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so Juliana is is good it's enough, okay. I think. Yeah, it's yeah. Perfect. You lived in the United States? I did, for a year. Really? Yeah, yeah. We need, we need to start having guests that speak worse English than us, because this is embarrassing. I communicate in English. I don't speak in English, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> in what part of the, of the States were you? I was in New England. I was in Massachusetts. Okay, I don't know how they speak. Mm -hmm. how, how is their English over there? But I was in New York and I spoke poor English. And I think most people in New York also speak poor English. So you felt just right at home? <laughs> yeah, I felt right at home. <laughs> I Honestly, in the beginning, I, I used to be very concerned about my English. I wanted to be as perfect as I could. But um, outside the university environment, people would wouldn't give a fuck for me anyways. <laughs> so I decided that I would embrace that I'm I'm not a native English speaker, so I don't give a fuck. <laughs> You're not a, a Portuguese native. <laughs> <laughs> I am Brazilian, so if people want to talk to me, they, they have to, you know, bear that I don't speak a perfect English in I don't feel like obligated to speak Portuguese. And you shouldn't. That's right. Yeah, I was insinuating that you, that you speak uh, worse Portuguese, but I'm just <laughs> messing with you because... <laughs> I speak Brazilian Portuguese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I've got to admit, uh, if you talk to me about 10 years ago, I would be a bit, um, I don't know, I, think I wouldn't say prejudice, but I would say, I would say uh, European English. Is the correct English, European English, no, European Portuguese or Portugal Portuguese. Right. It would be the correct Portuguese. And, uh, well, Brazilians just can't speak, can't speak it right. <laughs> and uh, now, of course, I don't think that anymore. And I actually enjoy, uh, with a few exceptions, because I think uh, Brazilians have a tendency to use a lot of English words when they have Portuguese words for that. Yeah. Uh, but mo most of it, I do find it that uh, it sounds better, you know. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more pleasant to hear uh, por uh, Brazilian Portuguese than just Portuguese. It has more more fluidity to, to it, doesn't it? That's, that's so interesting, because English words are already on everyone else's language. It doesn't matter because it, it took over the world, right? Yeah, the, their culture is universal. So, I mean, everything that we consume from, I don't know, from entertainment to electronics and all that kind of stuff comes from places that where people speak in English or it comes with English names. So it's natural that we start like changing this, you know, incorporating language. in your language. Yeah, yeah, it's natural. And languages evolve and there are kind of organic, you know, so we shouldn't worry too much about uh, having strict rules because they, they evolve in time. So that yeah. shouldn't be a concern, but yeah. And, and about the Portuguese and Brazilian Portuguese, it, it's, we are a different country. We were once colonies. 
but we are not anymore. And we have so many influences of Indians and Africans in Brazil that it changed our language so much that when I think about it, I don't think that we speak the same language at all. No, it's it's very close. But I, I mean, it's 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 not. But I I I think I agree with you. I I think it you, you shouldn't even call it Portuguese Bra Brazilian. You know, I think it's a it's it, it evolved significantly to be considered a, at least a Criollo or something like that. You know, from Portuguese. Yeah. Which is a, a an evolution with the different expressions from from the the mother language. Correct. We can communicate, but I don't think we have the same language. Our culture is so different. And as a Brazilian, I can tell you that we have so many influences that became part of our language as well, mm -hmm. that it's it's hard. I, I couldn't express myself truly if I tried to speak in, in Portuguese that is not Brazilian, you know. Yeah, and it's the same for us. We, we, we wouldn't right. be able to communicate correctly if, if we tried to... To use Brazilian, like Luis was joking about, but uh, actually we we couldn't. We just we can imitate the, how it sounds, but we we can't use the colloquialism like you do and other expressions. Yeah, it's very different. Right. Yeah, and it goes beyond the the sound. It goes to the meanings. Exactly. Oh yeah, I would say that the difference is even bigger between speaking English in the UK. Oh yeah, 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 than in the US. Because there is a different vocabulary, but also the well, the verbal time that you that mm -hmm. Brazilians use is different from Portuguese. Yeah, we can understand each other after a little while, but uh, in the beginning, if a Portuguese or a Brazilian didn't have any contact with the other language, it would be a hard uh, mm -hmm. way to communicate. It would be a, it we we will have a few bumps. That's true. So for all the Americans out there listening, uh, Portuguese and Brazilian Portuguese or European Portuguese are similar, have the same origin, but are not the yeah, same thing. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but we, we are in peace anyways. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but when we install a, an app, for example, on iOS, and it, it says Portuguese, and we start using the app, and we say, mm, this is Brazilian, this is not Portuguese. Yeah, it happens the same sometimes. I download some, some stuff, and I decide to install it in Portuguese, and it comes in, in Europe, European Portuguese. And it's it's totally different from what I am used to. Yeah. In also, Siri doesn't talk Portuguese. She talks Brazilian Portuguese. So. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, really. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's. Funny. You can configure it in Portuguese, but she, you'll have to prompt her to say "iai Siri." <laughs> <laughs> That's really awesome. Both me and Diogo use Siri in the US. In, in Brazilian Portuguese. Okay, I can. Try to help you with that sometimes. I mean, my, my entire Macintosh and, I, and iOS devices are yeah. in English. Yeah. <laughs> Do you really say EIE Siri? It's not a no, Siri? No, it's EIE. EIE Siri. EIE. Yeah. EIE. Non deveria ser Oi Siri? You're mixing no. up no, I... a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm offending no, our you're not. You're I, not. I do that sometimes. I don't get that offended that easy with this kind of stuff. He offends me a lot of times, uh, and I have to deal with it. So, <laughs> oh, you like it? That's where friends are for. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that and for saying the, the thing that we don't want to hear.
Hello, everyone. We have a special edition of the Tutti Saber podcast today because it's me, Diogo, and we have a guest, Juliana. Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. And Juliana is here to promote her new book, How to Lose Weight Without Doing Exercise and Dieting. And it's such a good book that uh, you don't even need to read it. You just buy the book and it works. It's fantastic. <laughs> Obviously, I'm joking. If you already listened to this show, you know I'm joking. It's not a magic show. We, we talk about science. So if we have a show on magic, we'll do that. But Juliana is a, a serious uh, researcher. And uh, can you introduce yourself before I screw up? Thank you, guys. Uh, thank you for the invitation, most of all. Um, welcome. It's, it's a pleasure to, to be invited and to have the opportunity to talk to you and your audience. Um, I hope it's worth everybody's time. My name is Juliana. Uh, my background is on physical education. I am a bachelor in physical education. I have a master and a PhD in physical education as well. Most of my research was on biomechanics during my master, my master and my PhD. Sports biomechanics, to be more precise. So we would apply some physics on sports to try to get meaning from it, try to understand a little bit about how people in sports perform. Uh, now I am a fellow researcher at the University of Trás-os-Montes in Alto Douro, and I work with basically wearable technology and, and its applications to healthy size and sports performance. That's it. Wow, that's a great introduction. And the reason why we, we invited you in the first place. Nice. Well, no, not really. We invited because Diogo told me about, what, six months Even ago? more. Or yeah. even more when you launch this podcast, that okay. we should invite you? Because I'm nice. Because I'm a nice person. Okay. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I wouldn't go as far as to say you're a nice person. I've seen your mean side, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I can be me. Yeah. I know. <laughs> you said it would be a great addition to the podcast. It would be awesome to do a, an episode with you. And I agreed. And okay, someday we'll do that. And we postponed that day until today. Uh, because, well, I never pressured them on it, or you, okay. <laughs> I never met you, until yeah. a couple of weeks ago, and as soon as I met you, I understood, uh, well, it's not as soon as I met you, but we talked a little bit, and I, I understood why Diogo wanted you to be on the podcast, because you're a really interesting person, and we are really privileged to have you, it's not, it's not like, you are doing us a favor, trust, yeah, me, trust it's us. it's not the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Um, also, you should consider my opinion, uh, have a higher regard of my opinion, Luis. You, you do that a lot of times, and I, it really hurts me. Well, eventually, <laughs> I'll come around, you know. It, it takes some time, but I'll, I'll give it's you like your credit. like the micro-led stuff all over again. Oh, really? Again? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to bug you. I'm going to bug go. you with that Let all your entire life. <laughs> okay, Julia. Juliana, I'm no sorry. No problem. It's <laughs> nice to, to be here, like, trying to figure out your friendship and all. It's, it's interesting. It's kind of similar with the other friendships you, you've, uh, you've seen me have. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Let's explain the audience about that. So, to the audience, because this guy that is talking is going to be a dad. So, I don't want that, that to get weird. Uh -huh. <laughs> 
Excuse me? <laughs> me and Diogo, we we are climbing partners. So I'm a, I'm a climbing enthusiast. Diogo is also a climber. And uh, we know each other from the climbing scene here in Portugal. And it's been a while since uh, he invited me to come and try to talk to you about some mm-hmm. stuff that would worth people's time. And then I had the opportunity to meet Luis as he was saying, and I was like lecturer to him about some stuff <laughs> and physical activity and training issues. So it's nice that he has a good opinion about me, but I was like very bossy and tried to give him a lecture while we were <laughs> just talking about physical activity. <laughs> I was asking for it. Okay. <laughs> I was really, I was generally interested. I, I wanted to know more. I was actually uh, a bit afraid that I was uh, being too inquisitive because I was enjoying t- your answer so much. You were, you were talking about a way that most people don't too. You were, how can I say this? Well, I don't know how to say this. You will say this eventually. <laughs> Maybe you can explain it. So just to, uh, to uh, let the record sit straight, um, Juliana Excel doesn't have any kind of relationship with Microsoft, I think. Uh, do you, Juliana? Because this is, after all, after all, uh, an Apple podcast. <laughs> I don't. Sometimes I wish I did. Sometimes I wish, you know, I expect it to be like that lost member of the family <laughs> that somehow is going to get discovered and receive like huge heritage <laughs> and all. But no, I don't. Uh, I'm sorry about about that. <laughs> When I when I met you, I was I was actually going to ask you about your name, but I I felt intimidated, so I. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, everybody that meets me for the very first time and and then just know all of my name. Everyone jokes. Just about make it. the joke, <laughs> but they do think that they are the very first people in the world that are doing that joke to me. <laughs> so this is the fun part, like letting people think that they're. Being really original about it. Yeah, jokes are on us, not on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it happens to everybody. I don't know why, but we all think we are always the first person to, to say something. And the other one has already listened to thousands of times before. And yeah, okay. <laughs> you're so smart. You're so perceptive. It happens, yeah. And here it is. He's judging me. <sighs> Again. <laughs> So you you studied biomechanics, I and I don't really it's it sounds too complicated for me. So let's go right on to to. Well, uh, the reason we we asked Juliana to join us on on this episode was because we wanted to talk about wearable te- technology and how it impacts the, the our daily lives, our fitness levels, our nutrition, if you will. And things like that. And we wanted to understand a little bit more why she thinks it might be important for us in the future and why the trend is, is, uh, going up so, so well, uh, in recent years. Right. Um, so to be like simple about it, there are two ways to view the relationship between wearable technology and physical activity or healthy status and this kind of stuff. We have the academic view or to me, to be honest, the academic or the, the manufacturer view of it. And we have the user part of the story. 
as an academic and as a person that is actually currently um, guiding some studies on it, I can say that uh, for us as scientists, there is no better era than now. Wearable technology is affordable. Wearable technology allows us to understand what happens in people's lives in a eco ecologic manner, if I may say, to the audience. And in almost in a, in a continuous yeah. manner. So to, to the users to be more familiar with this kind of expression. So we can measure things uh, in people during their free living lives mm -hmm. and, and in their environments and in their daily life activities, which was not that easy 20 or 25 years ago. Exactly. Those days you actually put people in cages, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, we had to because we couldn't, we couldn't, uh, get measures or, you know, quantify things outside cages. Now you have free ranging humans. Yeah. That's, that's basically yeah. this. Um, okay. more than that, we can collect data with high frequency sensors, which means that we can have more detail on what is happening. Mm -hmm. So higher resolution of information. For example. And we have higher capacity of storage of this data. Mm -hmm. So we can collect and keep large amounts of data to try to understand and figure out what this means. Uh, so this, this is being really nice and, and helping us to understand better a lot of phenomena that mm -hmm. wasn't possible to achieve in the, in the past. Yeah. Perfect. So this is a this is a goldmine of information. You, we're talking about uh, something of uh, in a scale of of uh, big data, which is a topic right. we we frequently talk about in these days. Yeah. yeah. Are you interested more on the data for performance, disease? Uh, what's the, exactly the your uh, personal interest? Right. So both things are connected. To be honest, so even though when we talk about high-level athletes, we want to know what can we do to enhance their performance, but we are also concerned about their health, so we can keep these this players, you know, on activity, on a higher-level activity for a longer time, uh, we can recover them faster and all this kind of stuff, but uh, I also have some, some researchers on regular people just to try to understand how can we use physical activity and wearable technology to improve their health status. So I actually work on both. And as I was saying, wearable technology has this awesome uh, things right now in terms of what we can do, what we can achieve with them. Um, we can collect an enormous amount of data And this brings us something important to think about, which is how to analyze and interpret this data. Exactly. And get meaningful, meaningful things about it, which is not easy. And actually is what scientists are for, to ask questions, important questions, to find a way to quantify what we want to know and try to explain what we got from all these measurements mm -hmm. and all of the methods. So in the, pa in the past, the, the, the difficulty really lied on, on how to get data. Yeah. And now it's the opposite way. It's how to 
actually, what to do. Yeah, and ask the right questions, the meaningful questions that we can to better answer the what the data can tell us. You know, how, what what the data can answer. Yeah, perfect. That's it. Is it too much data? Is there a lot of confounding, confounding factors or is it uh, simpler than that? As a scientist, you have a budget and a certain amount of time to try to solve some problems. So you gotta be as effective as you can. You know, this is also kind of a business, but in, in high level sports issues, for example, we want to try to understand how to get the best from our athletes. And injury the least, you know? Yeah. And prevent injuries. And wearable technology helps you with that question? What's the peak performance and what's the injury uh, risk? It depends on which sports we are talking about, which level, which, which level of athlete we are talking about. Um, we depend on training specifics. We depend on how the athlete is sleeping and is eating and, and all this kind of stuff. So this is more deep than it sounds. But uh, wearable technology mostly rely on GPS, on accelerometers, on cardio bands that we can attach to these athletes and try to monitor some biological signals while they are performing or to, to get some parameters of actual performance. Right. And we can also control what we do with them in the preparation for the performance. So we can control the load that we are applying during trainings. We can uh, make pre and post tasks to try to understand how effective each training is getting in some of the components of performance. For example, if they are getting stronger, if they are getting faster, if they are getting resistant to exercise and all this kind of stuff. Some kind of exercise, yeah. So can I just can I just interrupt you for for a little bit? Right. Um, it, this is all very interesting for me, and I'll, I'll bet for Louise also. But uh, one of the things that got me thinking about this subject is how does this translate to consumer, to everyday life, to people who are actually not athletes or at least are just hobby athletes? Do you think that, that all this research and all this technology will or is already translating to the real world ap applications? That's the $1 million question <laughs> in our world. Because, I mean, that's what I was aiming to, to reach. Um, although we have all the ways to measure things, we can storage the data and we can, we have people that can think about how to manipulate or to analyze this data to get information from it. The problem to, to people in general is, to translate everything, all this external information to something that they can internalize and improve what they are doing. Exactly. Easy to read and easy to comprehend information. Isn't there a lack of context? When we're evaluating an athlete, you're talking about an individual. When we're evaluating a population, doesn't the lack of context of that information reflect on the results that you can extrapolate? Yeah, that's, that's true. But let's let's think from now uh, on that we are always talking about individuals. If this individual is an athlete or if this individual is a person that just had a heart attack or if this individual is a person who just discovered diabetes or if just a healthy person that practices any kind of sport, uh, wearable technology 
made us uh, able to monitor ourselves individually as individuals. So I cannot give you epidemiology on some kind of stuff because I'm not, uh, this is not my expertise and I don't think we can, we have to reach that far. But as individuals, the question that Diogo just asked me is what we are most concerned right now because Although people can monitor themselves while they're running or during that their day where they can count their daily steps with mm-hmm. smart watches or uh, cell phone smart applications. Phones. And so, yeah, people actually just don't know what to do with it. Sometimes we can, we can, if there is somebody more interested, can look out on the internet and try to find Mm-hmm. How many steps do you have to do during the day to be a healthy person? Of course, this to be a healthy person involves more than giving 10,000 steps a day. Exactly. But they can have some parameters on things that they can control easily to try to change life behavior. That's the main thing that wearable technology, including applications, should aim. Change people's behavior. But the thing is that we, we need to know that we gotta reach the certain professionals that can help us with this. Just like athletes have trainers, have coaches and all, which are actually the people that are gonna get all that data and try to figure out how to train better their athletes and how to prevent injuries on them. We should be monitorized, but always guided by a professional. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because we we do not have to have a degree on physical education to be able to change positively our behavior. We can, right? That's the thing. We still we have machines, we have sensors, we have applications, we have internet and we have it all, but we still need people behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we need to make sense of the information. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, to make sense of the information, the user does not have to have this responsibility because it's not gonna. He's not gonna be able to transform this data in in meaningful information for him. Information. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's like any other profession. You have a lot of technology to build a house, but it's not you that is gonna build your house from the scratch. I, I, I get your point right? and I and I agree with with uh, almost all of it, but um there's there's I think we're go- getting a, a little bit ahead of ourselves because I, I think there's there's still a, a small indicators of health and physical activity that I think are useful to people even if they're not coached, even if they're they're not uh, you know trying to train or getting to some kind of objective i i'm i'm speaking uh, even for myself because um there's little things like weight information which i re- register on on my iphone that i like having an although i i don't do much with that information i do know how my how my body is reacting to changes in my daily life in my training and there's small indicators that uh they can mean that I need to to act upon something, you know, and I, and I think we at least early on in in this uh, advent of this technology, I think it's going to be really uh, advantage advantageous for people to to know these kind of simple indicators of health and physical activity. 
That's, that's true. That's true. I mean, people can be aware of the indicators, but how to change their behaviors, what to do oh, yeah, to yeah. improve that's a it. Yeah, that's, that's a completely matter that's altogether. The yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a bit cynical on that part because, um, yes, I know that we now have a chance to, to measure, at least measure our progress and measure our lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But, we kind of already did. I mean, you have a bedroom scale. It helps. You know if you're getting fatter. You know if you have a unhealthy lifestyle. You know if you eat right, more or less. And we always had that. But how many people register that information? This is now automatic, you know? You don't have to... Yes. If you... But are if, you talking about the motivation? Is that is that no, it? No, I'm, I'm saying... If you have measuring... If you are measuring your health let's say health let's say no your parameters your body per- biological parameters 24 hours a day you'll feel more motivated to have a better lifestyle is that it i think for some people it might do the trick for others i agree with you probably will not uh, be of any difference for for them but uh, i think as as if you if you do something as easily as you can if you present it as easily as you can to people i think for for a lot of people that can be a, a measure of change you know in their lives they they can act upon it regardless or not if they have the information you know so, uh, so I think it's, it's, a, it's a positive, it's a positive change, I think. So, th- yeah, sure, th- sorry to go interrupt ahead. Let, let no, me no, bring you ahead. some facts because some, some of the things that you said are not true. Mm-hmm. Although we wanted it to be. First <laughs> is that wishful thinking. Yeah. First is that people is eating better. This is not true. The world is getting fatter. The world is getting, is getting worse lifestyle behaviors as the Years goes by and mm-hmm. it re- the lowest activity this levels, is re- you mean? This is reflected not, I mean, some, some metabolic diseases are just not related to lack of physical activity. They are like, they, they have links in genetics. They have links in yeah, pers- feeding lifestyle and all this kind of stuff that's not only associated with sedentary behavior or physical activity levels. But physical activity levels and sedentary behavior are key to lower the levels of some diseases, even um, on people who already have chronic diseases, okay. and preventing cardiometabolic diseases, for example. Mm-hmm. So why I'm saying that? Because every year there are papers published on... Uh, levels of some some anthropometric parameters from people all over the world, and it, it's only getting worse. So some people do have access to good food, some people don't. But in general, taking off, I mean, I'm not going to discuss here um, demographic and social economic issues related to this. But people are getting bad behaviors. Let's let's keep that for another for another episode. <laughs> yeah, people are. <laughs> Uh, are are just eating really bad and are not really bad yeah doing anything about it the second thing is that although we have all this wearable technology available for us low cost very easy and in a lot of devices in our daily lives this does not make people adhere to physical exercise or change behavior in general uh bummer <laughs> okay this is a fact yeah, that makes sense. Remember that talk we had about people buying a Kindle when they were, they were a new thing because they wanted to read more? 
there were it wasn't there weren't people that uh, they were, that were reading hoping there they were would people that they were would buying. change their behavior their reading behavior okay yeah they would be more motivated to read of course it didn't work out i i'm i'm afraid like Chilean is saying that the fact that you have wearables and you can monitor all this it doesn't mean anything it doesn't it doesn't mean anything if you can't change and you you're still you it doesn't matter. You already knew if you're eating wrong. If you don't have a, a healthy lifestyle, you know. I mean, it's it's hard for I mean I imagine an athlete to have a peak performance, but uh, to or to maintain a peak performance. But for a regular person, uh, exercising a bit and eating better is not really that difficult to know if you're doing right or wrong. So the problem is uh, how can we we motivate ourselves to do it? Yeah. So in terms of motivation. Wearable technology, access to wearable technology, access to variables, access to monitoring does not change people's behavior in this sense. We hope it can change, but actually nowadays it does not. It still doesn't okay? do a difference, yeah. It still doesn't, yeah. So uh, this is what we have been discussing in the area. How can we change actually the behavior through technology? And we know now that it goes beyond having access to this stuff. Maybe there's something else that needs to, mm. you know, get in the equation. Could we gamify this kind of information or health uh, apps and, you know, so that people would, would feel motivated? We, we are very compelled to play games. And perhaps that that's a, a kind of approach we should be. Uh, I, I I bet you're going to tell me that we already look looked at it, didn't we? <laughs> no, I, um, um, people have been trying to apply different strategies to try to get you know users um, to enjoy more the experience of monitoring physical activity and all yeah, but exactly that but guess that that's my personal experience uh, um as soon as i got a smartphone and uh, wireless headphones and things like that you, you know you know me you know i i do like to to exercise but uh right i, I still have trouble uh exercising daily and so when i bought these technologies it actually motivated me to to do a little bit more you know to go the, the extra effort and i it was wrong of me to to try and uh, and extrapolate that for for more people, but uh, that's how I, I feel about it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you you said one thing that's very important. You already like to exercise. Right. You already have activities that you like to do. You're just uh, getting a bit more motivated to to pursue them, right? You you're not one of those person that hates doing physical activity or never did any kind of, phys of of physical activity they they enjoyed. Because it's possible they simply never find, they don't find the That's right activity for them. Every, all I can say to you with all of this, with, you know, being sure of what I am saying, academically speaking, is that motivation to practice, to engage in physical activity goes beyond having devices. And it's, it's quite personal. Okay. We know that. The access to technology and, and the way that we rely every day and night more on technology has taken people off from, you know, leisure time. People have been working more, don't have, you know, enough time to sometimes to try to figure out what to do after work. So busy life, too much technology have been taking people from mm, out, out. distractions from the outdoors. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is an example of what has, you know, been contributing to people since they are 
young, since they are kids, out from physical activity practices. Schools have been, you know, a lot of countries around the world have been, you know, neglecting physical activity from um, schools. So if, if you don't, we know that if we don't create this behavior since a younger age, it's not from only from practicing physical activity, but, but, um, in, you know, reading and eating well mm-hmm. and all this good behaviors that we know they are make good. Make a difference, yeah. Yeah. So it's hard to keep this person doing this for the rest of their lives. So, okay. so now, now you know, listeners. it's more, it goes beyond the wearable technology. It, it goes beyond. So now you know, listeners, you shouldn't expect to buy an Apple Watch if you if you really want to motivate, extra motivate yourself to to run the extra mile or to even start running. <laughs> it might work. You might just think, you might just do, you might buy the watch and think, oh my god, I just spent like four hundred dollars on this. I have to justify that money. <laughs> so maybe the motivation to, Probably, yeah. is to justify the money yeah. you've just you've just spent. Yeah, since you mentioned you mentioned the Apple Watch specifically, Apple has uh, two frameworks. One is CareKit, that it's a software framework for apps that should uh, let you understand and manage and manage medical conditions. And they also have the for research data kit. collection, and that's another framework to gather information. Yeah, data collection, so they can be. You know, so uh, you can do research on, mm-hmm. like uh, I suppose, kind of the Juliana does, and um, you know, maybe find well, out just, uh, health baselines uh, and things like that. You know, patterns, pattern seeking on on uh, multiple uh, variables, parameters. I mean, exactly, because we don't even know. I mean, sometimes we talk about like, oh, the you know, for example, you have thirty-seven degrees. That's a fever. Well. We don't even know what's kind of, what's the normal range for it, for temperatures for most people. We we did that exercise with a few people a few decades ago, and that was it. And we and I think in health and in a lot of things, there's a lot of the the normal the normal parameters. I still mis- misunderstood the baseline parameters. Yeah, we're done with a, with a very limited number of individuals. The sample was small, yeah. And now there's a really big potential for improving the sample size. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this could actually ruin. <laughs> The normals, what we what we consider normal. Do you do you, Juliana? Do you does it yeah, make, any, make any sense? That's what pretty much uh, all the manufacturers and researchers in the area have been trying to figure out uh, because it, it there is an interest an interest in that, right? So they want to sell products. We want to know if the products are, you know, fairly usable and accurate to get the data. And, and so, so we can, you know, figure out things, uh, with more certainty and show to everybody that sensor, that watch or that band can, you know, change your life forever. Uh, the thing is that especially with Apple Watch, things are not that easy. Or it's gonna take a while until hmm. it happens. <laughs> so, so uh, tell. <laughs> I had the opportunity to meet this professor, this um, British professor, a few times, and hear some of his talks. And he's one of the guys that is trying to understand how to apply Apple Watch technology, for example, to through the monitoring of heart rate. Um, try to understand some some 
some diseases or some stuff that happens to people when they are exercising. The thing is that first, Apple Watch does not give you the raw data. What does it give you? It gives you an average? Some process data. So basically, the sensor um, has some pre-filtering and there are probably in the software some post-treatment of the data and gives you some parameters like maximum heart rate, average heart rate, and this kind of stuff. But from this basic sciences, let's say like this, we know that, are some, that there are some heart rate parameters that are very important we can recognize some diseases that may happen through heart rate. We can figure out if we are applying the right training loads. Uh, we, with heart rate, we can predict, for example, some sudden cardiac problems. We can tr understand early signs of overtraining. In athletes, we can try to enhance our training prescriptions. We can use heart rates to control how our athletes are adapting from our trainings. So it's a very powerful signal hmm. to the audience. The heart rate is totally connected to the brain. So every time our body is like under a stressor or trying to get to rest conditions, heart rate immediately responds to it. So it's very important to monitor heart rate because of this power on telling us about how our body is adapting to stressors and how our body is trying to get the balance back. I don't know if I was clear on that, but I don't know how to explain that easier. So Apple Watch has this potential as a lot of other sensors. Mm -hmm. However... Uh, researchers does not have access to the raw data. So everything that comes out from Apple Watches have some kind of processing that we just don't know what it is. And some algorithms, yeah, applied to, to the raw data. Okay, that's a shame, yeah. Professor Grant Abbott, which is this British professor, very, very known in the era, and, and he's been studying Apple Watches for a long time. He did some validity, validity, uh, tasks. He is studying Apple Watch a little bit and the accuracy, for example, inter Apple Watches, people, a person wearing Apple Watch, two Apple Watches, one in each arm and doing the same exercise. So you cannot get the same measures from both Apple Watches. You cannot get the raw data from the Apple Watch, so you don't know exactly what it is measuring and how it is, you know, giving you the variable back. So the validity to estimate things from Apple Watch in the sense of trying to, to, to use to these examples that I just told you is, it's limited. It's still limited. There, there is another thing that I, that I just found out about Apple Watch is that there are some some applications that could get the signal from the Apple Watch and try to translate this in important variables to healthy status, for example. Mm -hmm. But the Apple Watch doesn't have the the Bluetooth sensor that is adequate to pair the Apple Watch with other apps. So people that have been already validated some methods or some interesting stuff cannot use Apple Watch to get the data. 
you're talking about pairing it with another kind of hardware without the iPhone? Another device. Yeah. So it seems that the Bluetooth low frequency heart rate, which is um, a sensor that is very important for, for sensors that measures heart rate, uh, to pair with other, um, with other sensor or devices is not the same in Apple Watch, for example. Okay. So they cannot no, pair. No. And that's not going ever to happen. Apple is very finicky with that kind of stuff. They will keep it close. Uh, I, it, that would be my guess. Yeah. But regarding, regarding the, uh, the raw data, that, that's really a shame because if you don't know what kind of processes are applied or what kind of, uh, kind of algorithms are, are applied to the raw data, then I would say it's almost useless to to research. Yeah, it's kind of a shame. That's kind of interesting because I, I was reading about some studies that were done with the Apple Watch, for example, to detect um, irregular heart rate, and they said they had uh, an eighty-five percent accuracy diagnosing people with uh, irregular heart rate. I'm sorry, they were uh, they had ninety-seven percent accuracy. The eighty-five percent accuracy was detecting people with diabetes that already have been diagnosed, and I'll mention this later. They also managed to have a good accuracy detecting sleep apnea, hypertension. So apparently they can do some things. But the, the part that I, I am, it's not afraid, that, but that makes me wonder is the part of, for example, in diabetes, it, it detected uh, with an 85% accuracy, people that had diabetes. Okay, that's that sounds good, but... If you don't know that those people have diabetes, what's the false positive? I mean, it doesn't really matter if you can detect 90% of the people that were diagnosed with sleep, sleep apnea. I can detect it with my Apple Watch. Yes, but how many people don't have it and you are saying to them that they have? And that's some, that's the kind of interpretation of this kind of data that, that I'm afraid of because you, you have a lot of medical tests like uh, TSA screening or well, these days there are many that you only apply them to a population that there's already at risk because there's always a, a a chance to have a false positive. And if you're applying to the entire population, that chance increases uh, exponentially. I don't know. I hope that these sensors one day will become good enough to actually improve our understanding of our body and actually give our doctors uh, better feedback or more accurate feedback, but I'm not sure that we, that if we're getting right now is any good. Do you have an opinion about that? And I'm not. Okay. And I'm not asking you if you know. I'm just <laughs> okay, asking. Good. I'm just asking I mean, you for your opinion. We have to be fair, okay? Technology is always improving. So, but but it's not always perfect, okay? So the the way that we can uh, figure out diseases, for example, nowadays. Even though some methods are not that accurate, they are really way better than it was before. So we gotta, we gotta give them some time, you know? Things are gonna improve. I, I know they're gonna improve. But what concerns me is the sense that right now we have the solution for all of our problems. You know, exactly, exactly because of this, this, these issues, the accuracy levels, mm -hmm. uh, how people are getting these numbers if they don't have access to raw data. So we gotta just be careful with the things that we have and they are really good 
and that we don't have and are not enough. So we just have to accept we, that. We have to be aware of the limitations, of course, of, of technology. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's that's always true for anything we we can talk about. But yeah, you 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 do really make a, a great point. And and I'm I, I'm I feel kind of guilty because I I'm I'm gullible sometimes when I see this kind of uh, announcements of technology and apps and yeah I'm very uh, excited about those things. <laughs> you know, so it's not that we don't need a doctor anymore. <laughs> you know. Oh no no no. We don't need <laughs> you know the proper exams anymore. But uh, if you rely only on an Apple Watch to try to monitor your sleeping problems or to monitor your heart disease, it's going to be a problem, you know? Oh, yeah, completely agree, yeah. Or even if you don't have a problem, it might make you think that you have a problem. Mm. Yeah, it can happen. Yeah, uh, for example, uh, right, right now, we have Google, and that's great, but you can also find a lot of misinformation on Google. And people have a tendency to diagnose themselves through Google. They put out the symptoms they have, and they obviously, most of the times, they don't have the proper context. They don't, they don't know. They're not doctors. So they, they go to a website that says, you have this, this, and this. So you have <laughs> basically the worst disease that you could have with those symptoms. That's true. And that's a problem. And I'm thinking that having access to this kind of information can actually, can actually yeah. make this worse. My toothaches, I have a smallpox. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm thinking like people are watching to their heart rate. Oh, but my heart rate, is, it's, not, it's not supposed to be on those, I don't know, on, it's not on the normal parameters. Well, maybe it is for, for her. We are individuals, and there are a lot of things that we, we can variation uh, between extrapolate us, yeah. from populations. Yeah, there are a lot of variation, and I'm I'm kind of worried that this will scare a lot of people. There will be a lot of people that instead of using these kind of devices to improve themselves or to have a better lifestyle, will actually be scared. Will be monitoring. Will be oh my god, my heart rate is too is too low. Oh my god, my heart rate is too high. Oh my temperature is not right. You know. Maybe maybe I'm just are, uh, because, being uh, very pessimistic. I think for but, most uh, cases, people just want to share on Instagram how many miles they they run. <laughs> yeah. Okay. These are anecdotes, but it it, it appears that uh, there is some appeal for users of the Apple Watch to closing those circles, those activity circles. There are a lot of people that said they are feel motivated, more motivated to do exercise, you know, just to finish, just to finish the circles, just because, well, it's like you said, it's, it's almost a game. And that's interesting. I don't think that will work with everyone or most people, but hey, if it helps some people, yeah, I think that's good um, enough. Things just gotta have like the minimum level of validity and accuracy to be fair. For everybody, um, scientists are crazy for wearable, wearable technology right now and they want to, you know, be able to understand all the potential and all that we can get from it. But still, we, we are on the road to, to reach this public awareness and quality of interpretation and all this kind of stuff. So. Okay. So we're still finding our path. Yeah, our path. yeah we're yeah. still not there. No, yeah. we're not. Can I make a comparison? I'm kind of the oldest one here, so you maybe you, you won't remember. But uh, was it in the year 2000 when we said we we decodified the human uh, genome? I think it was you around know, what, around was the, the year? early 2000. It was a long time ago. Yeah, and you know, it was suddenly it was like 
we now understand the human genome. We, we, humanity like if is you, on if, another era. If you era. could ask and anything to the genome and it would tell you and solve any kind of, of uh, health uh, yeah. issues. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then, well, we are improving. We are starting to understand the genome. We are actually doing gene editing right now. But that was just the first step. We now have some data and we'll have more data, but we still have to make sense of this. And that will take a really long time. And uh, I'm assuming that uh, this will be the same way with fitness. Uh, yeah, right? it can be. Uh, I think that it, it does not, you know, it, it's not that different from everything else. So you guys with this awesome podcast that you have, you try to explore. <laughs> I'm sorry about that reaction. I cannot be we serious. I cannot be a serious uh, um, participant in this. Like, you know, you're laughing like this. I'm, I'm serious. I'm sorry. Um, it, was, it wasn't very professional of us to laugh like that. What I wanted to say is that you give the audience an opportunity to try to figure out the potential of a lot of the technology that is around us. Because this is, this is an issue as well. I also have an iPhone and I feel like I don't take advantage of the most of the potential that this phone can give to my life. I mean, I, I just, I, I don't think I use it. A hundred percent, to be honest. And oh, not, none of us do. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and some of it is because, I mean, I just, I am not aware of what some other things that it can help in my daily life. I honestly don't waste too much time trying to figure out better ways to, you know, explore my cell phone. So I think with fitness and wearable technology applied to physical activity or sedentary behavior or sports performance, it's just the same. We might have some issues on using the whole potential that this device can give us because of different reasons that we have been discussing here, but it's just as everything else. I think that maybe there will be a time where people will be more aware of these things and we'll find more meaning and we will have better condition to deliver, you know, knowledge that is appropriate to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and manufacturers will give the opportunity for people to have better sensors. So it's just a nev- natural evolution. I think it's just the way it is. Yeah, I think it's true. Yeah, you're right. I agree with you. I'm just trying to figure it out. How, how could doctors, I know our doctors could have access to this information? I guess it will get the point that everyone will have some kind of wearable that has accurate sensors. But how will that information will get to our doctors? How will it be processed? You're worried about, about privacy issues. No, no, no. I'm not worried about privacy at all. I'm just worried about frameworks. I mean, have you tried to, to get your, your pro, your file from an hospital to another or something like that? I mean, yeah, you have a lot of information, but it still needs a, a health professional to be useful. It, yeah. it can't be you. And that's, uh, to me, it sounds like a very, a very difficult this problem. This is interesting to because I've been around working on this kind of stuff. So since I, I came here to Portugal, because I came here to Portugal just to work on this, on this project two years ago. And since then, uh, I've been going to conferences and, and I've been hearing people talking and discussing about it. And this is a point that people discuss a lot. We have technology to do all these things easily. 
this is not difficult. We have how to collect data. We have how to transfer data. We have how to storage data. We have, you know, easier, easy ways to access this data. But the thing is that, uh, to, to integrate, integrate all this is not the problem. Integrating this, this information is not the problem. Having access to, to this information is not the problem. The problem is that we still rely on, on practical issues like, interchanging uh, things. So one doctor talking to another, talking to a hospital that talks to the other hospital and mm-hmm. they uh, like an integrate information system. So maybe some policies from uh, governments trying to integrate this. In- different countries or different institutes. Yeah. For example. Yeah. It, it, it can be a difficult thing to... Yeah. To try to make up and, 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 yeah. It's not about the technology in itself. I think it's more about the policies that governments can, can, you know, organize and try to make work. Yeah. Because this does have the potential to be problematic because, um, and a lot of people, uh, a lot of times you, you can read this kind of example, like, for example, uh, insurance companies that could have, have access to your uh, health data and they, if they've, found out that you you probably could develop some kind of disease they would not insure you for something and that's kind of a of a big issue yeah, yeah that's true but but this is why uh the proper people with the proper policies and and protection to the individual this kind of stuff have to be discussed and well round mm-hmm. rounded before uh could be put in practice it can be implemented yeah, yeah. but you know, in terms of technology, we do have, you know, the way to track and have access to your like healthy records and all this kind of stuff. But you, you touched a very nice point, which is, um, how it could be taken in the wrong direction in terms of data usage. Yeah. That's all. That's all Julian's fault. I'm so sorry, world. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> We're not gonna solving that any anytime soon. That that kind of problem will always will, will always exist. Right now we have that we have that problem every day. We have the that mm, Facebook yeah. uh, kind of a scandal right now, and we always have that. Right now there is a lot of information. There is a lot of companies collecting information. We are volunteering a lot of information. Eventually we'll have to figure this, figure this out. It's it's all very new for us. It's like ten years. 20 tops yeah, and, and we're learning we're deleting or not <laughs> participating in in social media won't really help because uh, unless you delete your entire uh, online presence you're not going doing anything no and you also get benefits from it like even what we're talking about now even the simple thing simple things like uh, wearables they may not be perfect. They may be good enough for for you to take some something out of them, and that's what you get from everything. People don't use don't just use Facebook, Twitter, or whatever. Just they they get value out of it. That's what I'm saying. There are problems, obviously, but they get value. So they, we'll eventually have to sort the all of this. And I, I, we're not even talking about fitness anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really a pleasure to have you on our show. I, I mean. I consider you already a, a big friend of mine, but uh, this was a, a huge opportunity for us to to have you on a, on the episode to talk something that you know a lot about and that you enjoy talking about it. And so I hope it was it, it 
kind of have a, some some value for you too. Uh, I mean, uh, we're not just in in the market for uh, <laughs> for taking people time, you know. I think for our listeners, it it might have been very interesting, but because this is this is kind of a, a different perspective from what we are used to. We, I mean, we already had a, a couple of interviews and and participants, but uh, this was really different, and I, I think I, I enjoyed it a, a lot, I, and I think our listeners will too. Yeah, especially because everybody's saying our oh, Apple Watch is incredible, wearables are changing everything, and so on. And it has a lot of nuance, yeah. <laughs> they are, yeah, but be careful with that. Uh, we're not there yet. We're changing, we're, we're learning, and I'm not pretending to stop it from buying an Apple Watch. I think you probably, if you want one, you should buy one. I, I would like to have one, so... Although not for fitness, like I said a few times before, I would just like to have a, a way to be surfing and uh, be able to ask for help if i need <laughs> if i need to so a phone in my wrist seems with a gps it it, it looks really good that's nice <laughs> so if if i could, could give i don't know some future perspectives on it on mm-hmm. oh that would be great yeah so Sure. Uh, some, some future perspectives. I don't think, you know, here in the podcast would be in the direction of what should change so we can have more accurate or more meaningful wearable technology. No, I would, I would say that people in general should be prepared to face technology. Technology is always going to have their issues, their limitations, but we got to be prepared to use it, you know, the full and potential. Even because it's, it's here to stay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So in physical activity, I would say uh, from, from the user perspective, I would say that users should engage in technology because it's, it's, it's a feasible way to monitor what you, what is happening to you. From a professional perspective, I would say to, you know, professionals of physical activity area or sports area, performance, fitness area in general, to use it. You can, you have a powerful so tool. So you're, you're saying that even, even average quality or even bad quality data, it's better than no data. Yeah. Is that it? Exactly. You, you know, being aware of the limitations and concerns of using some stuff, you can definitely have a powerful tool to monitor, to to help you in prescribing and uh, improving the quality of your own work. Because people in fitness, for example, they want results. And you can, you know, give your clients better results if you engage to these things that facilitate your life. And gives you like the ground to work on. So it's important. So for users, engage on it. For professionals, engage on it as well. Be smart, uh, you know, in terms of uh, making yourself prepared to do to deal with this. But definitely, it came to stay and to improve people's lives. Definitely. Thank you so much. That's it. Now, there you have it, users. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great advice. Yeah, and you can go exercise and listen to this podcast. Yeah, exactly. It will improve your life, yeah. <laughs> and I really would like to thank you guys for the invitation. I was a bit concerned if I could, you know, make everybody's time worth. And it was very a very nice experience to me. Um, as as a scientist, this, this I think, is one of 
you know, the things that I have to do, try to talk to general people to and try to communicate. Yeah, exactly. So it was a very, very nice opportunity to do that. For all the audience, um, I wish you best luck with your wearable technology. For you guys, I wish you the best luck with this podcast. It was a very nice podcast too. Um, thank you for the friendship. Thank you for the okay. opportunity. See you. Well, and we thank you for participating on our podcast again. And I, I hope you excel in your future endeavors. Woohoo! Yeah, that was the first time that she was with that one. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> uh, bye everyone. Bye you guys. Thank you. Bye. Thank, thank, you. You. thank you. Thanks everyone. And by the way, if your audience don't know yet, Diogo's going to be a dad, so let's congratulate him about okay. it. <laughs> Congratulations! Well, Luis Queiroz didn't knew already. I was hoping to tell him uh, late, oh at a later time. God. You are joking, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! No, she's not joking, oh, Luis. Oh, okay. <laughs> I am doing, I am doing what no, we were talking on. about. That you people guys planned this up before, right? That are the worst doing. <laughs> You're not No, we yet. did. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, I'm going to be a dad, Luis. I don't believe you. So, so just them. cut it. Just edit it. <laughs> You're blaming me. Diogo's going to be not. a dad. No, Diogo's going to be a dad. Yeah. He's still a kid. Yes. Uh, Have you met him? <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be the perfect dad. Well, thank you, Juliana. Yeah. And Carl and Carl is going to be the perfect mom. I'm now I'm very excited about it. Are you yeah. serious? Really? Come on. <laughs> this is a, real with me. I'm serious. I'm serious. Be a Luis. I'm serious. I'm going to be a dad. S since yeah. when? <laughs> well, I've, I found out after we did uh, Ernaria, but it was too soon to tell people. So I, I waited up a little bit and I started telling people uh, a couple of weeks Really? Ago. I, because and I talked with you yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I recorded the show with you yesterday and you didn't mention it. Yeah. I wanted to be in person with you to, to tell you, but uh, Juliana... <laughs> I screwed it up. I'm so I was sorry. with you about two weeks <laughs> ago okay. in person. Yeah, but two weeks ago, it, it, it was too soon to tell you. Why? <laughs> well, because uh, it, uh, the pregnancy wasn't... It, it wasn't still t three months and people don't like to, s to say anything until it reaches that threshold okay, because, because uh, there's, there's a, a, a high chance... A, uh, yeah. A of abortion. abortion, yeah, yeah. So that's that's the reason I wanted to to tell people a lot sooner. So you really serious? I'm serious. About I'm serious. This? Yeah, my my life is oh. kind of going to change a little bit. I'm going to have a, a climbing partner. <laughs> uh, I'm 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 still trying to. You're going to be a dad, and I'm the one who can't can't really grasp it. I'm so, I'm shocked. <laughs> Don't worry, I I've gone through that. <laughs> it wasn't a planned pregnancy, you know. <laughs> I don't know what to say, man. <laughs> really? I'm the last one to know. Congratulations! You're, yeah, you're sure. not the last I'm, one to know, and I, I'll you'll have to I hold on on the, on the. You're going to be a great father, <laughs> especially <laughs> with my help, of course. I but. don't know about that, but I'll, I'll try. I'll, I'll give it my best effort. <laughs> uh, don't worry. I'll, I'll teach your kid. <laughs> if it's a girl or boy, you know, I'll take that abs absurd rock climbing notion and I'll teach him surfing, <laughs> which is a proper sport.
Um, <laughs> or she or he can do both. <laughs> yeah, probably. Or not enjoy sports at all. Oh, uh, that's if she gets it from her, her mother. <laughs> it's a she. <laughs> we still don't know. Oh, man. I'm going to need a few minutes. <laughs> You're going to be an uncle. <laughs> I, I'm your friend, right? Uh, but the, I'm feeling yeah. like, you know, like you're my... Probably the very best one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You say that to everyone. Um, it's but not true. I, I'm feeling like you're my little brother and you're telling me that you're, you're going to have a kid and it's... Really? Uh, well, yeah. wait, wait a minute. You feel like you're my, my older brother? brother? Of course, I'm, I'm older no, than you that's and funny. I'm wiser. I, I, I feel the same way about you. I, I feel like you're the older childish brother. <laughs> How can you feel the older brother if I'm four years older than you? <laughs> oh, I, I was counting our... Uh, um... I'm not going to help you on that one. <laughs> so yeah, I, here's some new Ju, news. <laughs> you're still there? Yeah, I'm sorry for this, but I did enough already. I'm still. It's okay. I, 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 feel like I feel like I, I did enough already. I actually feel like this was the the right moment to to let him know. <laughs> oh yeah, on the sh sure we're recording a podcast. Yeah, let me know. You know, your friends ah, know about personally, that? but oh, me no, no, no. A, a lot of friends still don't know. So you'll have to hold on to this episode a couple of more weeks. <laughs> okay, it's a special. We can release it anytime. There's a lot of people. Pedro still doesn't know. The people from Pnefiel also doesn't don't know. Do your parents know? Yeah, my oh. parents were they were the first one to to know. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Just just cut it off from the the audio, and it's gonna be fine. And I'm gonna be. I'm not going to say this. I'm not. I don't think I'm going to keep this on the audio. I'm. I'm. I'm in shock. Come on! Can't you tell? I, I do. I, I, do. I, I talked to him about being a parent a few weeks ago. About you how did, he thought yeah. about being a parent and oh you know, my God. future and stuff. Did. And he didn't tell me anything. Didn't I actually about. wanted to tell you when you were here climbing, but uh, I didn't. I, 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 I didn't. Uh, because it was because I wasn't climbing. I was just falling. But, <laughs> um, but you know, Luis, I just found out yesterday. We had dinner like with the people from climbing and Diogo just animado us, and, and yeah. Uh, yeah. We didn't know. Oh man. So I don't think I can do a show now. <laughs> of course you can. I feel, like I feel like I'm having a kid. Hey, it's just oh a child. It's, <laughs> it's not an alien or a monster. It's just a Yes it is. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm certainly not the one having it. It's Carla. She's going to do all the effort. <laughs> wow! I, I really, I, I'm going to tell you. I still think you're playing a prank on me, but let's let's go on with this. Uh, well, after this, I'll I'll send you the pic, the the pics from uh, the last echo. <laughs> you're you're serious, incredible! I <laughs> like Steve. I'm sorry, like Steve everyone. would say, like Steve would say, this changes everything. <laughs> yes, it does. It changes everything. <laughs> or not I'm still gonna be the same guy yeah. a bit more tired a little more tired with a little <laughs> bit more responsibility on my shoulders but it's okay I think it was time yeah <laughs> okay congratulations I, thank yeah. you friend yeah you know a month ago when you talk about this we, do you want to have kids oh I don't know 
Oh, uh, it was very I'm not hard. sure. It was very hard for me to to lie to or to omit to you that 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 time. Yeah, I I, I remembered the feeling. I don't remember the entire conversation, but I do remember how I felt about it, and uh, it felt treacherous of me to not tell you what I. <laughs> it's not. I mean, I'm just. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Uh, Carla j really asked me not to tell people not too soon. Okay, it's. I get it. I get it. Wow, but it really caught me by surprise. Okay, I, um, I've kind of remembered to ask Juliana not to say anything, but uh, I, <gasps> I said, you "Yeah, did. I did." I no, 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 I didn't. I, I didn't ask you to do it. I, I remember before we started recording. I remember uh, probably I should have sent a message to Juliana to let her know. Yeah, that Luis did. you should. But, uh, then I, then I, I thought I to myself, imagine that Luis <laughs> would, you know, obviously you would know thought that, that he was the first one to know or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm so but, uh, sorry. No, it's okay. Then I thought, uh, let's wing it. I, I don't care if she says something; it will be fun, and it actually turned out to be fun. <laughs> oh, I thought that. Um, I'm so sorry. She will. She keeps. She, she keeps secrets like you. You say. You, if you say something to the, oh, don't talk about this. <laughs> you will talk about that. Yeah, it was incredible. I I managed. I managed to keep this as a secret for three months, almost three it's, months. It's amazing. Yeah. With you, anytime I tell you a secret, I expect everyone is going to know it. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> no, it's not like that. But if it's something embarrassing, uh, it will be. It'll, it'll slip. It'll slip. Eventually, you'll say something. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not too embarrassing, I, I never told anyone about the whip you have at home. Or right. I just did. <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah, yeah, you did. It's not the first time you talk about it. <laughs> so really, uh, Juliana, no hard feelings. It's okay. Uh, okay, good. It, it turned good. out okay. <laughs> I'm, 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 uh, uh, no, I'm not worried anymore about ah, the format. Great. Now I'm worried that Diogo is going to hate me for the rest of his no, life. No, never. I couldn't do that. <laughs> it's okay, really. It's okay. okay, good. Good. I feel better now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, I'm going to probably edit uh, Luis, a lot of this Luis, out. Now, yeah. now we really have a, now we really have a, something to compare with the with the um, how is it with called? cats and uh, pets? No, no, with the, the other podcast that we love. The, um, we have concerns. We have concerns. Now I'm very similar to Jeff. I have uh, lousy jokes, and I'm going to be a father. <laughs> yeah, but we we were both Jeff on that. I can't be Anthony. Yeah, you can. <laughs> you're strange he's like a, that. He's a psycho. <laughs> and you're kind of a psycho also. Okay. <laughs> we found a match. Okay. Um, Let's get back on, on topic. Can you try, deal yeah. with it? <laughs> you need another, another couple <laughs> of minutes. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. 